Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot oh. and finds the net. On TalkSport 2. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. Arsenal put seven past Villa to keep themselves in the WSL title race. Okay, here's me. We'll go for it from there. And that's the best goal of them all. Chelsea left it late, but were given a helping hand to see off Birmingham City. It's harder. It's cool as you like. And it's Chelsea in front. And Chelsea, who are set to keep the destiny of the WSL title in their own hands. And Coventry United pull off the unthinkable in the FA Women's Championship. They survive thanks to a last-minute Molly Green winner. We'll also be talking Women's Champions League and looking ahead to the final day of the WSL season. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hi, I'm Leah Williamson from Arsenal Women and you can follow the WSL on TalkSport 2. Happy Monday, you lovely lot. How are you doing? I hope you had a fantastic weekend. Whatever you were up to, it's bank holiday. So maybe you're listening on the podcast today because you're doing something else on an evening and maybe having a few tipples perhaps on a bank holiday. Now listen, before I introduce our guest today, we want to play some audio from her amazing retirement announcement video last week. So you might be able to guess who it is. For 25 years, I've played this game. I've won, I've lost, and lived everything in between. I was told girls weren't meant to play this game. I was told I'd have to work twice as hard to make it in this game. So I did. Absolutely you did, Anita Asante. And happy retirement day, official almost, nearly, nearly there. How are you feeling? What an amazing, I know the result wasn't great in in terms of Aston Villa yesterday, but for you, being able to to bow out, if you like, at at Meadow Park, how was it yesterday? Hi, Faye. Yeah, it was 
unreal. Um, just an overwhelming response to my retirement news and the video. And, you know, it was just a class, class, you know, display that Arsenal put on to just celebrate me and my career. And, you know, I just, I had to just contain my emotions really, because um, it has felt like a homecoming, coming full circle back to the club. Um, playing a, a second to last game of the season there and having lots of people and lots of good memories um, for, during my time there. I've literally been looking on your timeline over the last couple of weeks and I think you use the word overwhelm on so many occasions. It must be such a surreal feeling, but also a- amazing to know how respected you are in the game, how lauded everything that you've achieved has has been that must be just such a lovely feeling yeah absolutely I mean you can never really prepare for this day and um, you know it wasn't my expectation that that would be the response but it's been incredible and it's so nice to know that in some way everywhere I've played and all the people I've connected with over the years and my football journey has has been a positive a kind of experience and hopefully you know people have felt that I've impacted them positively whenever we've played and together or you know played against each other I've got you know players I haven't played with ever responding and reaching out and yeah it's it's, it's a really nice feeling to have that and to feel like you know it's been an incredible journey that I couldn't have ever you know written up myself really. Yeah, what what would be the highlight for you if you were to pick? I mean, I know it's so difficult over a twenty year career to pick to pick one highlight. But but what would you pick? Well, I always say in the quadruple season with Arsenal because it was just a very special group and a special time for our team. Um, had a lot of big characters and, and personalities, and a lot of my early experience of working with leaders, you know, such as Kelly Smith and Faye White and Jane Ludlow and a number of those players that I could name um, and players that I'd grow up, grown up with in the system, you know, at the club, like Alex Scott. So, and Leanne Sanderson, and I felt like we just produced a bit of magic for the club, for our history of the club. And um, yeah, it's an un- unforgettable experience, really. You mentioned the word leader and I watched your um, interview with Vicky Gomesall when Sky Sports News broke that you were retiring after you'd put that that tweet out. Um, you were very coy about what you were going to do next. <laughs> Are you going to be less coy on Women's Football Weekly and tell us a little bit more? <laughs> no, I mean, I'll be honest, I've got lots of people ringing me, texting me, wanting me to join their ranks in, in whatever domain that is in coaching and behind the scenes and, you know, football uh, governance and um, media stuff. So, you know, it's it's just that I want to experience everything and not limit myself to anything either. You know, I've been a long time playing as a professional and dedicating my time here. And now I just want to explore what other avenues I can impact. And, and I'll definitely be around the game in some capacity. Uh, whatever it is. That's still very coy as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> as long as you come on Women's Football Weekly still, we will be we will be happy. Listen, you can have such an incredible influence. I think you're probably realising that already and, and realising the influence you've already had in your 20 years and, you know, hopefully another 20 years of, of amazing input in, in the women's game from you in, in whatever capacity. You can pretty much put your hand to, to whatever you want to. Uh, let's hear, you know, there's... 
all very well me throwing all the compliments at you, Anita. <laughs> I would do that anyway. But let's hear them from Leah Williamson, Arsenal defender and England captain, shall we? Because she was asked after your game yesterday about your influence on her. Oh, Anita's unbelievable, uh, unbelievable footballer. When I was younger, she was somebody that um, I was told to look at quite a lot for the way that she played and the way that I sort of had the potential of playing potentially. Um, and yeah, I think for England, it's a shame we didn't see her in an England shirt more than we did because that unbelie- like unbelievable talent and somebody that I really looked up to and enjoyed watching. So yeah, I hope she felt the love today and especially from Arsenal because she was integral to this team and the success that they had, especially that Champions League winning year. Is that one regret that you do have, not not turning out for England as much as you'd have liked? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Every player that plays at this level, that's the biggest um, goal, you know, and it, you know to wear an England shirt and represent the nation at major competitions. And you know, I was very proud of being able to do that seventy times for England. But there were definitely moments where I wish I'd got to the twenty fifteen World Cup, and and that was a, a difficult moment for me. But that's football, you know, and it's not always in your control. But how you react to it and how you continue, I guess. Um, with your clubs and and so on um, is important, you know, and I was out of the England squad for probably, I think, three years at one point and I got my chance to come back um, under Phil Neville in 2018. And, you know, you can't predict what will happen when you get dropped from a squad, but you can definitely control your mentality, I think, and and what you want to achieve in the long term and finding a way back. And I managed to do that at some point. So I'm very proud that I, I did managed to do that again. But of course, you know, um, I would have loved to have, you know, played some more games for England. And who knows, maybe you will go back there in a different guise one day. Anita Asante, <laughs> England manager, never mind Arsenal manager, <laughs> Arsenal to England would be absolutely incredible. Don't worry, I'm not going to make you react to that and put you in a position. <laughs> However, would that be a dream? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I love the game of football. I love watching it in all, like, you know, men's, women's, I'll watch any kind of football. Um, I'm always learning. I think I want to input my experiences to the next generation of players. I want to support their development and growth. Um, There's so much potential in the women's game still, both domestically and internationally. And if I can support that in any shape or form, then yeah, that would be amazing. Cannot wait to see what you do next, Anita. Uh, For the next 35 to 40 minutes, though, we know exactly what you're doing next because you're being part of uh, Women's Football Weekly. And unfortunately, the first game we're going to look at is your match yesterday. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Uh, It finished Arsenal 7, Aston Villa 0. I mean, it was a tough day for your side from the opening 10 minutes of the game onwards, really. Yeah, I think, um, you know, ultimately... You got to front up when these game when these situations happen. Um, as players, the whole team was disappointed, you know, with the performance. Um, I don't think we got anywhere near our own levels, but of course we were meeting an incredible Arsenal team who were in unbelievable form and obviously participating in a title race. Um, we were missing probably four or five regular starters in our side, um, which obviously gave some experience to our young players too, which is which is a good thing. Um, it's not going to define our season as a club uh, or halt the progress that we're making. Um, but sometimes it's good to experience these things, to know how to push on, um, because that is the level, you know, the, the teams like Arsenal, Chelsea, um, Man City, um, 
those are the clubs that the rest of the, the league is trying to aspire to. Um, and that's a good learning curve um, for everyone. But yeah, it wasn't the result we'd hoped for, but I think conceding early goals in the game um, really hurt us and we struggled to sort of get into it, find a rhythm and uh, yeah, and just nullify their threats. Because as we know, Arsenal have lots of threats in um, Miedemar, you know, Beth Mead, Ford, you've got to concentrate and, and watch these players all the time. Um, but they also have so much depth in the team as well. Yeah, you didn't manage a shot on target. However, you do have to stand back and applaud a worldie like Beth Mead's goal. Yeah, I watched it back and, you know, I saw the swerve on that ball um, when she, the connection she made was sublime and really it was a great strike. And you just got to put your hands up sometimes and say, that's what a world-class strike uh, keeper, our keeper could do anything about it. But that really was what it felt in the game that, you know, everything they did just seemed to work, just seemed to click, just, you know, they just had that fluidity and that that intensity that I know they've talked about probably as a club for a while. Um, and, you know, that was reflected in the game. And, you know, that's the that's what the best teams in the world do. They show up when it matters. Um, they're in the title race, like I mentioned before. So they have to uh, be clinical and they were clinical against us. Yeah, they really were. Um one sad point to note, though, Jordan Nobbs coming off in tears. There's obviously rumours about her future. She's just got one year left on her Arsenal contract. Um, looked like a, a nasty injury she, she suffered. Just awful seeing her leave the pitch like that. Yeah, I mean, Jordan's an incredible player, incredible representative of, of Arsenal as well. And, um, you know, it was... It was shocking, I think, for everyone to see that happen. As we know, she's had a long battle to get back on the pitch and, you know, lots of people were excited to watch her play. It looked rather innocuous initially when it happened and, and then to see her reaction and how she was when she walked off. I think all the players felt it, you know, from both sides because nobody wants to see a, a player like that, um, you know, walking off the pitch with an injury. Um, but hopefully, you know, she'll... she'll uh, get through this point and get back. And I know she'll have the support of her teammates and, and the club uh, to find her way back to, to her best again. Um, but yeah, she's a brilliant player, full of energy, full of buzz. And I know lots of people would have been sad to see see that happened happen yesterday. Yeah, for sure. Um, the win, though, keeps Arsenal in the title race. They're still four points behind Chelsea, but they have that game in hand. And that, and that is against Tottenham at the Emirates on Wednesday. We've got live commentary on TalkSport 2, so tune in for that. It's then West Ham away on the final day. I mean, it's it, it's in Chelsea's hands and you can't really see them dropping points. We'll speak about them in a second. What do you think Jonas Eideval is going to be saying to, to his side, Anita? In fact, pause that. Let's hear from Jonas, first of all, about the game, shall we? If we look at it from a perspective of just getting the, the best possible conditions in, in getting the highest possible uh, league position. It's, of course, it's important with goal difference. But I also think from a long-term perspective, from a mindset, it's about saying, how much do we do with each game? And I think Barcelona uh, in, in the Spanish league have been incredible with that uh, in driving their performances, even though they, they've had already big results. And I think that has played a massive part in the way that they have developed as a team. So uh, I'm very pleased that we started to create that culture here as 
as well. So we use all the 90 minutes every time in order to also to develop ourselves by pushing our, uh, each other. And um, I think that's really important. Yeah, that goal difference could be potentially be important. 50 goals that's taken them up to. And of course, at Chelsea with only a 1-0 victory over Birmingham on 49. So that was really big for, for Arsenal to be able to do that. So it meant that the pressure was on Chelsea to hit back. And I tell you what, Birmingham City, a few hours later, put up such a fantastic performance. They were so stubborn. Um, I mean, look, they're still fighting for survival. It's it's highly unlikely. It's a little bit too little, too late, I would say. But Chelsea, far from their best. No shots on target in the first half. The weather in the second half as well, Anita, pretty dire which meant that the ball was moving slowly across the pitch which obviously was was difficult but you know you need the luck don't you and that's exactly what Chelsea got (laughs) a get out of jail free card Lisa Robertson raising a hand up to Neve Charles um header in the box and then I mean it was very straightforward for the referee Emily Heaslip wasn't it to give a penalty and up steps Penilla Harder and there you go three points to Chelsea yeah, I mean, this this is what it is, isn't it, in a title race? Even when you're not at your best, even a team like Chelsea against, I'm sure, a very dogged Birmingham side that are fighting for relegation, you have to show, you just have to be clinical in the important moments. And, you know, arguably you got help, they got a helping hand with a penalty, but you create your own luck. You know, they've obviously got themselves in a situation where they've been fortunate, fortuitous and they've got the penalty, but they've also been clinical enough to finish um, and get the result. And for them, they'll probably take the result and go, you know what, we'll park that and move on and uh, improve on the performance for the next game. Yeah, very much so. These are the thoughts of uh, the Chelsea boss, Emma Hayes. Um, We're playing teams that have something to lose. Birmingham played tremendously well. I thought we were nervy in the first half. We rushed things and because the goal didn't come, I say it all the time, but Sam Kerr must not be called offside when she's not offside. The officials have got to do better appreciating her movement. But job done. Penilla Harder has composure at the biggest moments. And I'm delighted in games like this. You've just got to dig it out. Um, And that's exactly what they did. Um, so Chelsea faced Manchester United at home on the last day of the season. I mean, that's not going to be an easy one in the slightest. We're going to look ahead to, to the final WSL weekend of the season, which we'll be covering on Talk Sport, by the way. Um, but just a word, Anita, on Jisoo Yun announcing her departure uh, from Chelsea. Eight years she's spent at the club. Another emotional goodbye video released. What a fantastic servant she's been for Chelsea Football Club. Yeah, what to say about Ji Ji So Yun? She's just an incredible talent. Um, from you know the day she came into the WSL, everyone knew that she was going to be an absolute star. Um, she's provided some unbelievable moments for Chelsea. Scored some brilliant goals, um, and she's just an, uh, such a lovely character to be around as in the team and as a teammate. You know, she's just such uh, a fun person, and she's so light-hearted and. She loves the game and she loves the club. And that's why she's been a dedicated servant for for eight years. And for all of us who've been able to play with her, watch her, it's going to be a shame to see her leave. Um, But yeah, she's what a talent. Um, Listen, one other piece of news to tell you on Women's Football Weekly uh, that was announced today. Karen Bardsley 
has announced her retirement from professional football. Um, she's, I mean, 20 years, same as you, 37, same as you, uh, Anita. I think there's going to be a, a trend perhaps, but I mean, she's just been absolutely fantastic for, for both England and for Manchester City, of course. And, you know, she's somebody else who can really affect the game going forward, isn't she? Yeah, KB has been, she was my roommate for many years at England. Um, you know, such a creative person off the pitch, um, you know, in her art and a fun person, always brings a kind of energy that everyone wants to be around. And on the pitch, she's an unbelievable leader as well. You know, she's always communicating with everyone and inspiring young players as well to get involved. But I know she's really passionate about the behind the scenes of the game and driving it forward too. So no doubt she's going to be just as influential off the pitch as she has been on it. Yeah, absolutely. She's going to get um, honoured at Wednesday night's um, home game of the season, final home game for Manchester City against Birmingham at the Academy Stadium. So we'll look forward to that. And I'm sure we'll have KB on very soon on Women's Football Weekly. She's been here in the studio uh, before for and as you say you know she's just such great fun to be around but what an incredible leader as well I can't wait to see what what the two of you do off off the pitch it's very exciting Uh, right this is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 you've just been listening uh, to the thoughts of Anita Asante I'm Faker Others coming up next we're going to chat through the rest of the weekend's WSL action This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Rothers. Aston Villa defender Anita Asante is with me. Don't forget, as ever, if you miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so just go ahead and download it today. Uh, now then, in the rest of the Barclays FAWSL, Manchester City 7-2 winners over Brighton. Bonnie Shaw scoring four for City. That briefly let them overtake Manchester United and go into third. But we'll get to United's game soon. I'm sure by the tone of my voice, you can tell exactly what, uh, how that went, can't you? Um, I mean, Shaw struck twice in the first 12 minutes of the game. Caroline Weir adding a third and, and the game was just kind of done and dusted. But Brighton got themselves right back into it uh, through a Kagman penalty and Julia Z- uh, Zigiotta. I can't pronounce, I can never pronounce her name, Zigiotti. Um, just before half time. And then, I mean, this was probably the most pivotal moment of the game, Anita. Ellie Roebuck with a fantastic save to keep out her volley at, at 3 2. And then that was it. Uh, City just, just went on a route again. Yeah. Well, you know, Man City seem to have found uh, unbelievable, you know, form at the moment. They've just been back to back wins. Um, they seems to find their rhythm, their, their natural flow that we're used to seeing. A Man City side are scoring goals, lots of different score- goal scorers. Um, Ellie Roebuck leading from the back again. There seems to be a confidence that's flowing within the side again. Yeah, it really does. It's their 11th win in all competitions. It means after United's 3-0 win over West Ham, which we'll discuss shortly, um, that United are still in third. But of course, City have this game in hand, which they play on Wednesday against Birmingham City. You would expect them to win that. However, Chelsea found it very, very difficult against Birmingham at the weekend. And they're not total uh, pushovers. They're still fighting for their lives and they've not thrown in the towel yet. 
yeah, I don't think it will be an easy game for City when they meet Birmingham because I think in any in any relegation battle, those players aren't giving up. They're fighting for every single opportunity in the pitch, in and out of possession. Um, but as we've seen with Man City, they don't um, deter from their playing style. They keep going. They keep playing the way they wish to play and they always create opportunities and good sides will always create on teams. Um, so I do think Man City will probably go away with a win there. Yeah, definitely. Shaw's uh, City's le- uh, joint leading goal scorer in the league alongside Lauren Hemp said it was an unbelievable feeling to score uh, four goals. And one of the reasons she came to City because she wanted to win trophies and compete at the highest level. So to go to the Champions League next season, she said, uh, would be a really great feeling. Um, I'm sure Manchester United would feel exactly the same as that. 3-0 winners over West Ham in the end. Uh, Their hit back at City's victory on Saturday. Um, Goals from Martha Thomas, a Grace Fisk own goal and Leah Galton. But ultimately, it's not in their hands. Yeah, you know, they might think uh, Man United, there was an opportunity missed when they faced my side, Villa, last weekend, you know, to just take control of this of this battle for third. Um, but Man City, like we've said, have just found a, a great um, bit of form. Um, they've been consistent. They're consistently winning. The, the goal scorers are scoring. Um, and, and that's important for them moving forward, that they feel that they can take control of this. And um I don't really see Man City slipping up, if I'm honest. They've got their key players back, you know, their leaders back on the pitch and and they look at the moment quite comfortable. Yeah, I agree with you. And as you say, Manchester United and Mark Skinner are going to feel as if it's an opportunity missed because they had it um, sealed, didn't they? You, you would have thought earlier on in the season. Everton 2, uh, Tottenham 2, a brilliant fight back from the Toffees to claim a late point against Spurs. They had to come back from a goal down uh, twice. Um, Spurs in the lead earlier on. Um, Everton thought they'd secured a point in the 85th minute when Danielle Turner got an equaliser, but Spurs hit straight back with substitute Josie Green scoring what she thought must have been the winner about 20 seconds later. But Megan Finnegan got the actual equaliser in the end in the 91st minute. And it's an important point for, for Everton in what's been a really dismal season. Yeah, I think... Everton have really struggled this season um, to, to, you know, find the connections. They've had transition this season in terms of management as well. And I know it's been a difficult run for them, but it's important for them to finish the season strong um, and and get some good results behind them so that they can build on for next season. Um, But in the case of Tottenham as well, they've had a fantastic season. Um, But again, you know, when they've gone ahead in games, they might question their sort of game management and how they can see out see out wins against, the, you know, teams that are floating below them. Yeah, and Leicester should be very grateful that Birmingham have been worse for them, uh, worse than them this season. It was a goalless draw against Reading, which you would think is actually a really good result for, for Leicester, but they've also been disappointing. Yeah, I think there was lots of big hopes and talk about Leicester when they came in this season. Um, you know, they have a lot of good resources behind them and they're very ambitious club but I think like like everyone has learned even Mike Side Villa learned from last season it's a very competitive league um, and you need to be at your best in every single game Um, so even a positive result like this against Reading isn't really going to do much damage in terms of their position in the table but I'm sure they would have learned a lot and 
you know, to to finish the season strong with a, a draw or a, a win is is really important for any side that's sitting at the bottom of the table. Yeah, it really is. Uh, let's look ahead to the last day of the Women's Super League season, shall we, with now? Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream the biggest moments from the Women's Super League live without a contract from 11 Search Now Sports 18+. plus. Stream via internet. Terms apply. Okay, so really two key games um, because Birmingham are, are effectively down, but we, we will know what, you know, that will be confirmed on, on Wednesday. Uh, Chelsea, Manchester United and West Ham against Arsenal. Um, it's crucial. It's down to the wire. It also, as I say, depends on on Wednesday's games. But Chelsea have got the toughest of the two fixtures, you would, you would say, Anita. Yeah, definitely. I think... Um... You know, if you look at both of those squads, very strong teams. Man United have had a very good season as well. They'll feel quite um, confident that they could, you know, compete and, and make it difficult for Chelsea. But they also know they have their own goal threats. Um, and I think Chelsea, not performing at their best recently, will want to find a really good collective performance where they find their rhythm and they create a lot early in the game. Um, but you can never discount. Um, it's perfectly poised, basically, and you've got to. I would say to Man United, you've definitely got to be careful and watch Sam Kerr, especially in the box. He definitely is a fox in the box <laughs> um, from <laughs> crossing situations. And you know, we felt it this season in dying minutes of added time where they just find a way to win. Um, and I think that's what really works in Chelsea's favour. Um, even when they're not at their best, they always find they dig deep and they find a way to win. Yep, they always do. We'll talk about Sam Kerr in a second, by the way, because a prestigious award uh, came her way last week. Um, West Ham could cause Arsenal problems, but you would think that Arsenal would have that game wrapped up? Yeah, I think West Ham would, they're not going to sit back. They've shown that all season. They're a team that are really going toe-to-toe with teams and being front-footed and aggressive and trying to impart their their own playing style. But I think Arsenal, they know what's at stake now. So they're going to come with lots of intensity and they're going to, you know, they're going to have to take control early on in the game and they're going to want to put some pressure on Chelsea as well by getting a good performance and, and a positive result in their end. Yep, absolutely. Right, that was a look ahead to the final day of the Women's Super League season with Now. Don't forget, with a Now Sports membership, you can stream the Women's Super League live on Sky Sports without a contract. Just search Now Sports. Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream the biggest moments from the Women's Super League live without a contract from 11 Search Now Sports 18+. plus. Stream via internet. Terms apply. We mentioned Sam Kerr there, Anita, and she's won the prestigious Football Writers Association Women's Footballer of the Year Award after her fantastic season uh, for Chelsea. I mean, 18 Barclays FAWSL goals this season, 28 of the campaign overall. And I mean, you could probably double that with the chances she's missed. (laughs) No, exactly. I mean, you know... What, what an incredible forward um, and asset to Chelsea. She scored some really important games for Chelsea this season. She definitely knows how to find the back of the net. She, To be fair to her, even when she misses opportunities, you got to say she creates a lot of opportunities. Her movement is really clever. Um, you know, she's always asking questions of defenders, um, never allowing you time to switch off. She can hurt you in both directions, you know, spacing behind in particular. 
Um, and she deserves deserved of her awards this season because she's been an incredible asset to Chelsea, as I said, and she knows how to find the back of the net and she's always looking to, um, yeah, to put her team in the best position. But most importantly, I've seen her celebrate her teammates when they score and when they assist. She's just as passionate about, you know, what her teammates are doing around it as she is when she celebrates herself scoring. And I think that just shows what kind of a professional she is and and how much winning means to her. Absolutely. She's been fantastic. Congratulations, Sam Kerr. Uh, right, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2 with Faker Others and Anita Asante. Next up, we're going to talk to Coventry United. Wowee, following their final day heroics in the FA Women's Championship. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. chip. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're 
You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Rothers and Anita Asante. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so just go ahead and download it today. Uh, now then, I, I just said wowee on the radio for the first time ever, and we laughed during the break, Anita, but I mean, wowee, <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Now, that's three times now, because Watford nil, Coventry United won. Wowee, indeed, that's four. It went down to the final day to find out who was going to be relegated from the championship. A straight shootout for survival. Winner takes it all. Nil-nil heading into stoppage time. And then Molly Green did this. Free kick over the wall. Oh, and it's in! And it goes in! And Coventry United and the death as they scored the goal to confirm their place in the championship. Right, five for luck. Wowie. I mean, what a goal that was. And, and what a way to do it. What a stage to do it on. <laughs> It was a magnificent goal um, in such a high-pressured game and knowing what was at stake. And honestly, I've watched it back probably 10 times and I'm just like, how has she done that? And how has she done that in that moment? But deserved um, survival for commentary. And I think the celebrations were incredible as well. <laughs> I think I watched um, my my teammate, and Alicia Endow, who's on loan there, take out Joe Potter, one of the coaches actually <laughs> celebrating that goal. So, <laughs> so yeah, just incredible scenes and yeah, unbelievable strike from Molly Green. Listen, we've followed what's happened to Coventry United uh, here on Women's Football Weekly, that 10 point deduction, of course, it means that they survive by one point. They finish on 12, a point above Watford on 11. And you mentioned the celebrations there, Anita. I think there were some sore heads this morning, perhaps, from uh, <laughs> from social media posts that I've seen and uh, various anecdotes that I've heard. But uh, producer Flo caught up with the Coventry United manager, Jay Bradford, earlier on uh, to discuss that remarkable survival. Jay Bradford, Coventry United manager, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on with us today uh, after the absolute scenes yesterday against Watford. I mean, first of all, I've got to ask, what was it like when that goal went in? What was it like on the touchline? Madness. Just, I remember just standing, one of the players grabbed me and everyone was just streaming past me. And I remember thinking, I've got to get everyone back off the pitch because all of this time is going to be added on. And obviously, you know, everybody knew that Watford only needed a point. So, you know, if they'd have gone up the other end and, and equalised, we'd have, we'd have been in trouble. So I'm, I'm trying to be happy, but I was trying to get everybody off the pitch and just, you know, limit the added time. So, yeah, it was um, it was probably the best moment in football I've had and possibly will ever have. Amazing. And I saw some videos, I think they might have been, I don't know, at the service station. I don't know where they were, but some from celebratory videos with the squad and the coaching staff. What were those celebrations like? Because it has been a, a dramatic, stressful and, and long season for you guys. Yeah, it's been really tough. And, and I've said it in a few interviews now, you know, what happened to us at Christmas has taken its toll on people mentally and physically. So for us to be able to celebrate together last night was really special and it was it was a little bit emotional at times, but it was it's what this group deserve. And um, you know, we we went back to when the coach dropped us off, we went we went back to a pub together and just 
just had a bit of a moment you know everyone had a drink and it was yeah it was um it was a really nice moment and then that's a really strange way to describe it but just being able to actually discuss what's happened in the last seven eight nine games and actually live it properly because I said I said in an interview yesterday you know we've had to put a lid on our emotions and just keep going into game into game into game so that's difficult so I think when you get to the point where you can actually just breathe and recognize actually what you've achieved yeah it was it was a special night and I think over the last couple of weeks, as you've built that momentum, a lot of people started to believe in the impossible. But when that deduction came through and, and the appeal was, wasn't was granted, did you think that you guys could achieve this? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, getting deducted 10 points, we knew it was going to be tough and we had a staff meeting and we, we just made an agreement that if we were going to do it, we were going to give it 100% and we were going to have no... There was going to be no ifs and buts. It was always going to be, we can do this and we will do this. And full credit to the staff, they stuck to that throughout. And I think what that allowed us to do was just encourage the players and bring the players on board. And then they start to bring family and friends on board that may have been a little bit sceptical. And and with each point that we gained, I think we gathered more people. And then by the time we got to the Watford game, I would probably say that the whole football community was behind us. I don't think there was anybody apart from people that were connected to Watford that didn't want us to go and do what we did yesterday. And actually to do it in the manner that we did it, I think just makes it even more special. Yeah. I mean, my Twitter feed was just, I've never seen so many people tweet about Coventry. It was just like incredible. I mean, what was the player reaction yesterday? I imagine quite, quite a few sore heads, but for them, to have the the nerves and the and the sort of instability that they had around Christmas and the uncertainty of their futures to then have this moment, like you said, to celebrate together, it must have just been such a release. Yeah, and that's it. Like it it's having those moments together last night where we could just breathe because actually I don't think we've done that. I don't think we've really acknowledged what's happened to us and I don't think we've discussed it in as much detail as we probably could have done. Because if we'd have done that, I think we'd have broken. I think we'd have, you know, we'd, we obviously in January, we lost to Sheffield, we lost to Liverpool, we lost to London City. And people around us were going, you're never going to do it. You're never going to get out of this hole that you're in. And full credit to every player, because every time we stepped onto the pitch, whether that be training, game day, it was just a real sense of, we are going to do this and we're going to prove everybody wrong and we're just going to give it the best shot we've got. And we did that. And you have such a talented squad, a really ambitious uh, a squad. And you've got new ownership now. I know it's, it's fairly early, but like looking ahead to next season, what, what, are your, what, what, your, what are your plans? And what do you think this squad could go on and achieve? Yeah, I mean, we've obviously, you know, the transfer window's coming up. So we're going to have to work hard to keep the squad together. And we're going to have to work hard to add some players which we're going to need to do um, which is not unlike any other season but I think personally I'd quite like a nice quiet season next season Um, but look the the group's mentality and the group as a whole I think I I use the term mentality monster I said to them in January we're going to have to become a mentality monster if we're going to achieve anything and I don't think that can be broken and I think yesterday proved that so if they can keep that that mentality and that ambition to just keep going and not be beat 
I think the sky's the limit. Yeah, definitely. And and finally, I mean, have you had any messages of support from the football community? Because it was all over my my Twitter, but it is it is Hollywood. It's it's like a movie what you guys managed to pull off. Have you had anyone kind of being like, oh, you know, such and so, you know, I don't know, such and such is going to play Jay Bradford in the uh, in the movie edition of Cover United Comeback. Yeah, I saw somebody tweeting saying that Sandra Bullock would be a good fit <laughs> to play me. So you know, that's fine by me. Um, <laughs> But yeah, my my phone yesterday and this morning's been been pretty crazy, and and I know I spoke to some staff this morning, and they've been inundated, and it's just it shows me that football cares about football, which is a really simple statement. And I said it to somebody yesterday: football rewards good good people and good actions, and and we got what we deserved yesterday because we conducted ourselves in such a an impeccable manner between Christmas and now we could have, we could have cried about the point deduction and we could have come out and said what a disgrace it was and this and that, but we didn't, we just got our heads down and we did our jobs. And I, and I think that's what got us to this point. So yeah, it, it's been a, been a pretty crazy 24 hours and it's probably going to continue for another few days, but I've just told everybody just to enjoy it and, you know, lap up the attention, I guess. Well, congratulations. And thank you so much for chatting to us. Thank you. Brilliant stuff. Jay Bradford, the Coventry United manager, speaking to uh, Flo Lloyd-Hughes. I mean, just a remarkable achievement all in. And it's been a remarkable championship season, Anita, to be honest. Let me just go through the rest of the the results before we we pick some out and and discuss them. Uh, Sunderland finished 2-all against Bristol City. Charlton 2-1 winners over Durham. Sheffield United 2-all with Crystal Palace. London City 3-1 winners over Blackburn Rovers. And Lewis... 2-1 2-1 winners over champions Liverpool. Listen, a friend of the show, Maggie Murphy, the general manager of, of Lewis FC, tweeted out, yesterday was so magical and very, very emotional. Beating league champions Liverpool in front of our first ever women's sellout crowd. Wow. I'm sorry if you were one of the several people who I got a bit teary of at some point uh, in the day. <laughs> what an incredible achievement. First ever women's sellout crowd for Lewis. Yeah, and a, and a great time to do one over the league winners, <laughs> you would say. I'm sure for the spectators, it was a magical moment to to watch that team, you know, win. And also hopefully we'll get them coming back because it was a, an incredible uh, a, a historical win for the club as well. And um, yeah, you know, you can hear all the emotion in that from Maggie as well. And yeah, in testament to the club and all the efforts they put in to get people coming to watch them as well. Now, listen, this was impressive. In National League Division 1 North, big shout out to Newcastle United because over 22,000 fans turned up at St. James's Park for their match. It was a fourth tier record. Also the highest crowd at a women's league game in England this season. It beat the 20,000 that were at Old Trafford uh, earlier <laughs> on. Um, it was a 4-0 win over Annick Town uh, for Newcastle. The game actually had to be delayed for 15 minutes to cope with demand. I don't think they were expecting that many people to turn up. But this is what happens when owners invest money um, and also invest time because co-owners Amanda Staveley and Murdad Gadusi were in the stands, along with Newcastle United men's boss Eddie Howe as well. 
Um, that's what you need to have. You have to have this one club mentality, if you like, as we talk about a lot on the Women's Football Weekly. And I know not everybody agrees with that sentiment. But when you have that, you know, this is this is what you get. Well, Newcastle is a huge football city. We know that from the men's game. And, and you know, in terms of the women's game, it's been starved of this opportunity to be visible and and to, and for people to have access, you know, to watch their, their teams and, and get behind it. And I think it's it shows the intent from the club to get behind the women's team and, and start to look forward long term and how to build that support and 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 support the team as well, progressing through through the leagues, hopefully. But it's a fantastic start, you know, to get 22,000 is, is a massive achievement for the club. And I'm sure a very special day for the players. And it shows everyone at the club that it's possible that the interest is there and for the players it just inspires them probably to keep pushing on um you know to reach the heights of the game that everyone wants to aspire to so it's 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 really a great thing to to see and hear about and hopefully it would just encourage supporters to get behind them and support them along their journey as well. Uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Rothers with Aston Villa defender Anita Asante. Next, we'll chat Champions League and finally look ahead to the last day of the WSL season. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Others, and former England defender Anita Asante. We are available on podcast as well, don't forget. As if you could forget, I remind you all the time. Plenty of places you can download us, but first, head to the TalkSport app to find us. You can obviously subscribe elsewhere as well. Uh, Now then, the Champions League final in Turin on the 21st of May will be a repeat of the 2019 final as Barcelona take on Lyon. Uh, Barcelona lost the second leg of their semi-final 2-0 to Wolfsburg, but still won 5-3 on aggregate. Um, The other semi-final, which was played in front of over 40,000 at the Parc de Prince, Lyon beat PSG 2-1, which was also 5-3 on aggregate. I mean, what a tantalising final we have, Anita. It's exciting, isn't it? And it's great to see uh, a sort of matchup, rematchup again of Lyon and Barcelona. It's kind of perfectly poised to see two titanic clubs uh, with giant players um, go head to toe to toe with each other, really. And yeah, I'm looking forward to just watching that unfold. Yeah, well, I know you always have your eye on the Champions League flow. Um, what did you make of both these two teams? Is it the right two teams in the final? I think so. Yeah, it's uh, it is amazing what Wolfsburg managed to do because I think that was Barcelona's first defeat in something ridiculous like twenty three games or twenty six games or something like that. So it is no simple thing to try and beat Barcelona. So Wolfsburg deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, but it's a shame it was kind of too little, too late in the end. Uh, but I do think these are probably the two best teams in the competition. Um, but it will be interesting because it was a very different final when Lyon beat Barcelona in 2019 and they absolutely demolished them. Ada Hagerberg got up a hat-trick in the first half, the first half an hour, I think she got a hat-trick. So I think the game has changed a lot. Tony Duggan was playing for Barcelona back then. They, they, they've really kind of brought together, I think, their identity, their, their style of play a lot, a lot more since then. So I do think... Barcelona are going to win, but I just hope it's going to be a really close game and and not like last season's final, obviously, when Chelsea kind of um, collapsed in the first minute of the game and it was really 
one-way traffic. I hope it's going to be really a tight game because I think that the ticket sales have been good as well at Turin. It's going to be at the uh, Juventus Stadium in Turin. So it should be a good crowd as well. So I think it's been a fantastic season for the Champions League with the new format, the group stages, the broadcast deal. Like it's been such a good Champions League season. So it would be great to kind of finish it all off with a really good final. Yeah, Leon, seven times winners of the Champions League. They had such a stranglehold on the competition for such a long time. And then, of course, last season, knocked out of the quarterfinal stage by PSG. And, and as Flo said there, Anita, Barcelona are a very different team to, to what they were then. That they've, they've clearly, you know, so much good stuff going on behind the scenes with their women's side. And, and they are going to look for that same kind of dominance that Leon have had. Yeah, I mean, Barcelona have just been an absolute joy to watch, haven't they? And I think they have this one club mentality too. And you can see that reflected on the the quality of the players and the way the team is is dominating the Spanish league as well. And, you know, very few teams even score against this Barca side. So they have a very strong identity, a lot of different ways to hurt you, I think, attacking wise. Um, And it's going to take a lot. You know, I think Leon's going to have to bring their best as well on that day to really break down this this Barcelona side. Um, I also think in the last few years, you know, Leon have been through their own kind of mini transitions. You know, they've got a new manager in place um, who is a former player, former international player as well, Sonia Bumpaster. Um, and so, you know, they're trying to find their way back. But obviously getting Arda back is going to be a massive um, asset to this Leon side because we all know she definitely knows how to find the back of the net as she showed against PSG in the semi. Yep, she certainly, certainly does. Um, can't wait to see her in the Euros this year, back playing for Norway. Now, I know that we've kind of touched on the uh, Barclays FAWSL final weekend, but it is huge. Um, relegation could be confirmed. The title race, oh my goodness, the title race between Chelsea and Arsenal has been fantastic. And Talk Sport will have WSL game day live. I will be hosting live commentary from the final day of the WSL season. I can't tell you which game at yet because I think it's going to depend on the result um, midweek, Arsenal's result midweek. Uh, we will either be, of course, at Kings Meadow or at Dagenham and Redbridge. Um, so either Chelsea against Manchester United or West Ham against Arsenal to see who is going to lift this season's WSL. So the final day of the season, all 12 o'clock kickoffs. Um, you, your final game. How are you feeling about that first and foremost? It's at Villa Park <laughs> and it's a West Midlands derby. I mean, what a game to finish on. But, you know, you must have real mixed emotions about it. Yeah, I guess it's a uh, bittersweet. You know, it's going to be f- a fantastic occasion to play a derby in front of our home fans at an incredible stadium like Villa Park, and it's going to have it's set up to 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 have some great atmosphere. But of course, it's going to be an emotional day, uh, my final day lacing up with this team, um, playing football forever <laughs> at this level. Um, but you know, it's 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 going to be fantastic to have my friends and family and everyone there to to see me bow out, um, you know, and it, with the support of my teammates and the club who I've had a fantastic time um, playing with. So yeah, I, you know, I'm just going to have to really manage my emotions that day, um, but also enjoy it, and I'm going to definitely try and take it all in as well. Have you made plans for Sunday night and and, and next week? Have, have you like just thought? 
Right, that's it. I'm just turning my phone off and disappearing for a bit. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you know, we'll we'll get together after the game and I think we'll be together as a as a team and staff and and celebrate and, and all of that. And then yeah, basically end of May I'll be off for two weeks uh, on holiday sunning up in Mauritius and <laughs> trying to relax and trying not to have too many distractions and and really just an opportunity to reflect in and, and take it all in and, and enjoy it as well. Yeah, you very much deserve that, Mauritius. I'm so jealous. I really wish you hadn't told me that. And then the three pivotal games in terms of the title race um, and the race for Champions League football, West Ham, Arsenal, uh, Chelsea, Manchester United and Reading, Manchester City. How do you see all three of these games going? Well, it's the business end of the season and I think the, the top sides such as Arsenal and Chelsea and Man City have shown in their last few matches just how clinical and how ruthless they are. Um, So I really don't see any one of those clubs slipping up at this point. I really think they will all walk away with wins, if I'm honest. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating, isn't it? And you can hear it all uh, live on Talk Sport. We'll have commentary from the key game, uh, plus updates uh, from everywhere else as well on WSL Game Day Live. That kicks off with build-up from 11 o'clock on Sunday on Talk Sport. Uh, Anita, have a fantastic final game of football. Um, honestly, you, you've just been a pleasure to watch. I know this is not goodbye because you will be back on Women's Football Weekly very soon, I'm sure, but just really really enjoy and soak up Sunday. Thank you, Faye. It's been a joy as always to be part of the show and uh, yeah, looking forward to just hopefully putting a good performance and enjoying the occasion. Go out on a high. Absolutely. Uh, right. Thank you to Anita Asante, Jay Bradford, producer Flo, and all of you, of course, as ever for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the show, you can download the Women's Foot Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app.